had to climb over the bath to be here. <laughs> he's just dropped his little icon, just dropped out of the call. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, let's try and get him back. Here we, here we fucking go. The Conquistador's curse strikes again. I'm just going to keep playing Picross until this is done, man, I tell you. Derek, are you with us? I hate Skype, honest to God. Ever since Microsoft got their dirty little hands like this gone to shit. Oh, listen to you, you little applehead. Hello. Hello. Oh, oh stop messing about with the settings again! <laughs> he, was doing, he was doing this 15 minutes before our podcast before. I was ready to hang off on him. Everyone record. Everybody record. Apart from Cameron, apparently. Yeah, Cameron. What? I knew Chris was going to be here. Oh, I see. Um, it's probably best if this never goes out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I happen to find this delightful. About the only person who does. <laughs> explain our viewing figures. Reaching to the mid-twenties. <laughs> no, reach. Go down because I'm on the show, because the one person that listens is taking part. That's true. Although there is it's like true, that, there's that one episode that's got like 5,000 listens, but no, I can't, I don't understand why. Okay, how, how are we going to work this? Because otherwise, because me and Derek do have a habit of talking over each other, so what's the best way to avoid this? I, I'll just edit you out. Job done. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you can just put Chris on mute for the entire episode and we'll be sorted. Wow. There's dissension in the opposite team, Cameron. We got this. We got this. <laughs> we have. We've got this. We're, we're, we're totally nailing this one. Yeah. Um, just Bills are like... and Big Cam. We'll have this sorted. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And I'm 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 five foot six tall, <laughs> and you can't, can't teach, teach that. that. Oh God! Uh, That's like Mick Foley did the um. Oh, is it? Uh, uh, mankind with the dozens and dozens of mankind fans. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite bit oh yeah i really hate enzo and cass like, no I'm you fool you're off you're gone that's so, it. How, i don't understand because they say you know and he's six foot something and you can't teach that can't teach well, that clearly can't teach someone to grow exactly that's it doesn't work that you moron have you not also seen what i say it have you it's not stupid. seen have you not seen their kfc advert I can't say that I have. Enzo, what's all this? My name is Enzo Amore, and I am a certified Southern G. Southern? You're not even Southern New Jersey, bro. Wait, wait a second. Does all this have something to do with that date you got tonight? With that Southern bow that you keep talking about? Tell you some cash. I'm a changed man. You see my Georgia? She deserves a man who carries himself with a certain southern charm. A man who can appreciate how sweet and sassy she is. 
Someone who loves a crispy, tangy, honey mustard barbecue flavor. Wait, you're talking about chicken, aren't you? Yeah. Talk about new KFC Georgia Gold. That's what I'm talking about. If you do me a favor, Cash, me and Georgia here, we'd like some privacy. Aren't you gonna introduce me? How you doing? Like that. It's brilliant. So you're laughing now. You're laughing now. They're fantastic. Um, right. So I was thinking we start off with the introductions. Have we already started? Have we? Well, it's up to you. Have we started? I'm going to start the show at the end of the conversation, so, yeah. I think. Are you going to start the show at the end of the conversation? Is that well, going to be your tactic for this? Always. All right. This is, are this you taking the lead? There's dreadful preambles, are you? <laughs> this is the bumper. Yeah, we do the preamble to warm up, and then Phil includes it in the podcast anyway. So. <laughs> only when like only when like Al's in the bath or something. Well, Al, Al is. I had to climb over a bath to get here because I'm getting my bathroom done, and there's a bath in my front room. I've got a so. bath at the side of my house. Have you? It's in my bathroom, but now it's at the side of my house. <laughs> well, there you so go. It's not a bathroom, well, then. I feel like I'm being kind of you know not experimental by having my bath actually in my bathroom. Same here. I think it's sensible, Phil. Logical rebel, you. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I'm not one of the hips kids. With yeah, my bath is somewhere else. Well, it's that's in the it. title, so I think it really demands it. Um, how much resting do you do in your restroom? Um, <laughs> anyway, lots of resting. Right, it depends on the definition of resting. <laughs> well, I prefer a shower to a bath. Anyway, I, I, so do I. I prefer a bath, but I just don't get time for a bath. No, you need time for a bath. You need time, you know. Like, you need like a good half an hour or so. Get some, get some um, thingy bombs in there, some fizzy bombs in the bath, and scented candles. Exactly. You need to grab some. You need to get it ready. You need to prep for it. But I don't get time. I need time to prep. No, that's giving me panic attacks. I think about things and have panic attacks in the bath. That's not good. <laughs> no, that's not good. Like what? Where the plug is? Or, like oh, those tiles don't go with the ceramics. Oh, I can't believe I wasted that much on those border tiles. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 it, and it's that point where you get your, your toes stuck in the plug and then you panic because you can't get it out. And then the fireman offers to come and see you and you'll be naked. And you'll be like, oh no, the fireman will see oh, my face. No. see me naked in the bath. What a disaster. Well, to be fair, most people have sort of seen me near enough naked on stage anyway, so there you go. So wrestling then, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Wrestling. <laughs> What's that all about? The, uh, it's about half-naked men. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good segue. <laughs> what a segue. What Cameron, a segue. what are we doing here? Right, well, um, last hey. week um, I was invited for an evening of romance on Valentine's night um, for the um, on the Iconochromatic podcast. Um, we talked about romantic movies, and it was brilliant, and I had a cracking time. And uh, we thought, wouldn't it be great if they came on and uh, we to conquistadors and other, I think this will be a prime time conquistador, won't it, Phil? Yeah, prime time conquistadors, and uh, we'll um, start talking about sort of more modern wrestling because I think it's fair to say that with us tonight, obviously, we have uh, Chris and Derek from Iconochromatic. Indeed, you do. Yes, you have. Indeed, and is it fair to say that you're kind of lapsed wrestling fans, or are you new to wrestling, or? It's, it's a weird thing. I don't think wrestling fans ever truly stop watching. 
I think you take small breaks when you may stop watching, but I don't think you ever truly stop wrestling entirely. I was still aware of what was going on in wrestling, but I definitely wasn't into it in, I think, like the 2008-2010 sort of a time period. And then I sort of got back into it, and then I came out of it again. It's a very weird thing. Okay, so when 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 was like the, your first sort of period of wrestling? Because I seem to remember when, I mean, you and I lived with each other for a while, yeah. in sort of two thousand and three four time, and you were watching it then. So you were watching it before that. It was that long ago, yeah. I remember the first time I watched wrestling was on Sunday Night Heat when it was on T four in this country. Wow! Because my mother told me about it, and she was like. You, you like that wrestling thing, don't you? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, it's on Channel 4 these days. It's like, yay, I'm finally going to get, you know, I'm finally going to get SmackDown. I'm finally going to get Raw because I'd seen it at a neighbor's place on Sky because we didn't have Sky. And no. So it's like, I'm finally going to get to see Raw and SmackDown. And I got to see Heat, which wasn't especially good, I've got to um, say. The occasional pay-per-view, let's not forget, let's not forget. Derek, When what, what sort of timescale are we looking at for yourself? Well, I, I started with the wrestling, I mean, you could say way back with the ITV wrestling, uh, with World of Sport, but um, I'm not entirely sure you can count that as proper wrestling. But yeah, you can. Oh, well, yeah, we can. We'll count, we'll count well, that. Conquistadors officially count that. Saturday nights at my grandparents' house watching Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks and barely being able to remember any of it now other than the general sort of concepts of it, of it being wrestling with really rather large fat guys. Um, yeah, and I sort, of, I, I sort of watched it casually just as saturday night entertainment at my uh, grandparents house as i stopped over and then sort of later on in the 80s i started renting uh, wwf vhs oh, my mum rented them for me and was watching those occasionally sort of like wrestlemania 4 and stuff uh, i believe and then sort of didn't really pay any attention to wrestling for quite a while until i started playing video games significantly and then it was like wrestlefest in the arcade which really got me into it again and uh, saturday night main event which was a pretty horrible brutal game really whereas wrestlefest was far too easy but i loved being able to clock a game mm. uh, for just a single credit it was dead easy wrestlefest but strangely enjoyable to play and that sort of got me into wrestling again then i kind of fell out with it a bit then started watching it on channel five when wcw came on with wcw worldwide and also around the time when channel four started showing stuff like um the royal rumble and that sort of thing and um then i sort of i've kind of had an on-off relationship with it ever since really sort of watching it a bit then not watching it a bit and then i got into a bit of japanese wrestling with female japanese wrestlers and then a little bit of women's wrestling with shimmer so i sort of dipped into little bits here and there but most of it has sort of bored me along the way as well i'm very very selective about what i actually like to watch okay so women's wrestling now frankly so what is it about the sort of women's wrestling that puts that over sort of for want of a better phrase blokes wrestling for you i'm not 
least because generally speaking the you know, the women are something more attractive to watch than the men but i do enjoy the greater flamboyance involved in women's wrestling i find that um there's these days there aren't really that many spectacular characters in the men and not like say the ultimate warrior and uh, hulk hogan and so forth back They're from really the 80s kind of over the top big cartoonish yeah kind of and it tend to be more athletes now whereas i think the women capture more of the traditional wrestling and have much brighter more spectacular characters on the, in the ring than well, the you men look at like bailey and charlotte and stuff and I mean, you've got like uh, uh, Becky with a huge uh, batch of fiery hair and I've uh, got uh, Alexa Bliss being wonderfully uh, petulant in ring. And she's also got quite a, a fairly, I admit it, not a massively out there appearance, but it's she wears something spectacular, if mm. you like, each time. And obviously Sasha Banks with her shock of... Um, uh, sort of purpley hair and you know they're, they're all much more easily defined characters and the, each appearance is more something that's unique to them and you can easily recognize a particular wrestler whereas i think with the men there's a lot of sort of more identikit stuff and more everydayness they feel more like superheroes with the women in that they dress up more i think is more what I it think is the mid-2000s wwf really suffered with that the, the kind of identikit big blokes you know they, they were essentially the same kind of body type weren't they for a certain period they kind of wanted that kind of big mus- <clears throat> muscly bodybuilder type which they you know they kind of moved so away from definitely in the last men, five years so many of the men just sort of strip off to shorts so, so many of them <clears throat> are sort of bare-chested and th- that's all you get sort of thing whereas with the women having to cover up then it tends to lead to more interesting outfits. And as you might have realized over the years you've known of me, I am quite fond of uh, flamboyance. Never noticed, Derek. So, never noticed at all. <laughs> no, you never really noticed that at all. It's a shock I, I to me, to be honest. the word I'd use there, to be honest. Fair, fair. It's not always yeah. obvious. No, it's not I mean, clear at all. I, I think I think what's fantastic at the moment, um, you know, t- talking about uh, women's wrestling, um it's the inclusion of Nia Jax because really she is not the sort of woman wrestler that typically WWE would necessarily want or necessarily include. I the mean, last when one they I could think t- of her kind of like body type would be what Arsha Kong in the mid nineties. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Um, uh, when they brought in Karma, yeah, even though yeah. she wasn't in it for that for a particularly long time. Yeah. Yeah. For, um, yeah. She was fantastic when she was in TNA, and indeed for the brief stint that she was in WWE. Yeah, they they um, don't have like a big monster female heel, do they? They're always just well. Um, I suppose Tamina Suka was quite tall, but she's never really. They never really pulled the trigger on her to give her like a big push, have they? She's always just been kind of a, a heater, off to one side kind of character. But yeah, Nia Jax. I now want to like Nia a lot more than I think I actually do. I mean, I I tend to like it watching her and enjoying her performances, but. There's something missing in her actual wrestling. She's yeah. she needs. I think she was moved up to main roster just a bit too quickly. I think yeah. she needed 
be developed a lot more, which is a shame because I thought she'd got something good going on and then suddenly she's sort of out of it. Um, yeah, you need to be in like a little kind of group or something. Like, you know, they probably brought Braun Strowman up too soon, but they put him with the Wyatt family and they, they kind of let him just come in and do a couple of things in a match and kind of develop in the background. And now he's kind of by himself. He's really like the last six months, he's done really well. But Nia's not had that. She's kind of had to come up and just kind of just be there on the roster. I just think it's impressive how Alexa Bliss has really blossomed when she's sort of on her own. Yeah. I, I, I was expecting when I sort of first started encountering her, encountering her sort of early mid last year in uh, next, I thought she'd be rubbish basically and i thought she'd be a wrestler i didn't really care for just a pretty thing with nothing much to offer but the way she's been working with becky lynch has been unsurpassed by pretty much anyone i've felt even in the men and i think just the tight performances with becky yeah. have been phenomenal the she emotes on the mic and stuff is hysterical yeah yeah and she does wonderful facial expressions that really give and i just love her playing to the audience so well it's just so you can see her relishing the booze she's getting for playing that petulant character it's so much the pantomime evil queen and she just seems to be relishing the fun of doing that so yeah. much and it's uh, it's unusual to get someone sort of so good on the mic anyway i guess as well did either of you see um, Alexa Bliss when she first came into NXT when she was with Blake and Murphy? Bamf! No, <laughs> I, I, I saw her hanging around with some uh, male wrestlers in NXT, but that was only like um, earlier last year, I think. That would have been Blake and Murphy. <laughs> I yeah, thought they, I were, never, they were a really good little unit, those three. When they had the they belts, kind of, they were really good. They kind of worked for about three or four months and then for some reason they never got called well Blake and Murphy obviously didn't get called up to the main roster and they seem to have just died an absolute death yeah, in I, NXT there was a they, period of time I think where they tried they were going to go for a feud between the two of them together and then it just burnt into nothing yeah they kind of dropped the belts to um, I can't remember they dropped the belts to you now Lucha Dragons or something stupid like that and then, yeah I think it was I. Um, yeah they just rather than putting them back into the you know making them over as a big tag team they just kind of split them up and just they just kind of petered out which was a shame because when they had the belts they were like really good petulant horrible heel kind of guys oh they were really good yeah 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 but I mean from from that sort of unit of three people you wouldn't have at the time went yeah Alexa Bliss will be the breakaway on this one yeah because no, she wasn't involved in the kind of the big four horsemen no. matches was she she was always off to one side separate from that yeah and she was only really there as almost kind of like an on-screen manager for them. She mm. wasn't yeah. like she wasn't so, going to be a major character there, was she? No, 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 no. That's it. And it's I mean, I often worry when they, like you were saying, like when they pull people up from NXT really, really quickly. And I think that some cases you're right; it is far too quick. And I was a bit worried when Alexa <coughs> Bliss. <coughs> Yeah, I was going to. That was the very example I was about to give with Apollo <laughs> Cruz. Way too soon. It was so, so popular that the uh, Elimination Chamber, when a heel Dolph Ziggler was smashing his ankle with a heel chair, the crowd were all chanting, one more time, yeah. one more time. 
Um, that was the heel. They were so, chanting one more time to the heel. I mean, the heel to smash the face's yeah, ankle. Yeah. Almost as popular as um, Roman Reigns, then. <laughs> um, he hasn't quite reached the sort of level of hate. I think it's more apathy with Apollo Crews, to be yeah. fair. At least with like Roman Reigns, you get like, there's like, you, there's a proper reaction for him, isn't there? It's like a really big oh, boo yeah, yeah, or yeah, a really yeah. big cheer. Whereas the with Crews, it's just like, ugh. I mean, what, what, what did you think out, um, you know, sticking with females and in groups in general for um, just for a few more moments? Um, what did you think about the whole um, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Lita, Trish Stratus, Albert and Test? And, you know, because they, you know, not maybe not so much Lita, but Trish was definitely brought in initially, basically as a manager, and then sort of seemed to make her own way, as did Lita, which then apparently led to, I've never seen it, but what was seen as one of the greatest made events of Raw for quite some time, um, having Lita facing off with Trish for the Women's Championship in, in what would probably never have been a made event that was ever done before, and as far as I know, has never been done again where they gave the main event to women wrestling. I mean, although it didn't have an NXT main event, uh, wasn't it Bailey versus... Um, the Iron, Iron, well, the Iron Man match, or the Iron Woman match, it should have been, I suppose. Um, was that uh, was that Bailey and, um, and Oscar? Did no, they get the main event? Uh, Bailey and Sasha did Sa- after Sasha NXT. Banks. The first NXT Brooklyn, their, their return match was a 30-minute Iron Man match on the NXT show, I think. And that it was, was amazing from what I remember. It was amazing. Yeah, that Iron it should have been called an Iron Woman match and I refused to call it an Iron Man women's yeah. title match. Iron person um, man. And I yeah. <laughs> um but I know that was absolutely incredible. I think it's it's the the WWE have taken years to do it, but I think they've finally woken up to the fact that they don't have to teach underwear models how to wrestle. Yeah. Just get all the in. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but it's 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 only really sort of in the last with the four horsewomen, with your Charlotte Flair, your um, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and uh, Bailey. It's only really the, uh, with those four coming up that they've actually sort yeah. of now concentrated on giving women. I mean, we've had a women's Hell in a Cell match in the last six months. What? That would have been yeah, and of course Becky that actually uh, happened. Becky yeah, and did a cage match for yeah. Uh, in, Exactly. Headline as well, so yeah. And if, uh, at WrestleMania last year, they dropped the whole Divas division title, oh, God. which was patronizing in its extreme anyway, with a bloody purple yeah. sparkly belt with a butterfly on it. As, and, as, um, as someone else said, who was much more qualified than me, it was a close accessory, close accessory. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, but the, the, the you know the belt now looks pretty much the same as the blokes one. Yeah, it's just white, isn't it? It's the same um, color, it's different the same color. Yeah, yeah. It's the same design and everything. Which it, it, there's, NXT, so, I think they've got a pinkish belt for the women. It is pinkish, but it doesn't look as awful and garish as the old no. divas one did. Yeah, or the Thankfully. old uh, what's the one that um, Andrew Blaze had? That was quite pink, wasn't it? Or was it the one before that? Um, what the old sort of nineties women's title? Yeah, that looked a bit dodgy from what I remember. The one that went in the bin. Why did it change? Because I mean, the thing is, unlike the Intercontinental Championship, unlike the European belt, etc., etc. To my knowledge, there is, you know, from when I've been watching, there has always been some kind of a women's title 
on the program. It's never gone away. It's never disappeared. So can you tra- you know, can you help a lapsed fan here and explain what was the transition period of it being the women's belt to the next day becoming the Divas belt? How did that happen and why did that happen? Was well, so it after the video and it changed? I can't remember. think about that. I honestly it was a women's. Oh, it was women's. I, 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 I'm struggling to remember as well. I'd have to go probably Google it. I mean, there was always a women's. They brought in the women's belt initially for Alundra Blaze, um, around about 1993. But they didn't have a women's division of any shape, size, form, or description. So, therefore, they ended up having to borrow Bull Nakano from Japan. Um, yes. And they had a couple of decent matches. I can't remember if it was SummerSlam 93 or 94 they had a title match. I remember the match, but I can't remember what year the pay-per-view was. Um, then the women's title was kind of quietly retired for a long time because Alundra Blaze had it, but she pretty much had no one to defend it against yeah. on television. And that led to the now-infamous... Alundra Blaze's contract expired and she was signed by WCW and Eric Bischoff just happened to ask, by the way, do you still have that WWF women's title hanging around? And that led to her throwing it in the bin on a live version of Nitro, which you could argue in turn led to Vince getting really paranoid that the same thing yeah. was going to happen. With, it it basically influenced that, didn't it? So Yeah, yeah, that was the whole driving reason he didn't want. The women's title he could just about stomach because they weren't using it that much. But if he was to, if Bret Hart was to appear on Nitro and repeat that process with the WWF title, then that would be beyond all reasoning. Um, then you had a lot of times in the um, early kind of two thousands when it was mainly sort of battered about, as you say, between Lita and kind of Trish, but not so much to begin with with Trish. Um, China never really held it, did she? China had it. China won it at. Um, I remember distinctly she won it against Ivory at WrestleMania 18. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Uh, in a quite horrendous match, <laughs> uh, which was, well, thankfully brief. Um, because I've just got then, up the, um, the list of title reigns on the Wikipedia. Go on. So, yeah, I think um, Cameron's right. Alundra Blaze held it until like 95, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then Bertha Faye had it for a little period in there as well. Look at this, Jesus Christ! Oh God, yeah, I remember Bertha Faye. Yeah, yeah. Rock and Robin, Rock and Robin had it for like five hundred and two days, and then it was like deactivated. Then Alundra Blaze had it, and then it was deactivated in ninety five when she went back to WCW, and then reactivated in nineteen eight when Jacqueline had the belt. And oh then, yeah. Then it kind of bounced around all the kind of the um. The women rest of the time, so you've got what, Sable, Deborah, Ivory, the Cats, oh, Jacqueline, Stephanie McMahon Helmsley had it when Triple H had the belt as well. And oh, that was yeah. good. Uh, Lita, that was, Ivory that had good. it. Uh, China had it, and then she vacated it when she left the WWF, and Trish got it up. And then it all just kind of bounces around them. So I think at this point, it's still the women's title. It's not the you know the Divas belt as yet. Up until I think it's two thousand and two thousand and eight, actually. Really? All right. Yeah, Michelle McCool. I think McCool got the uh, won the Divas belt then, like in two thousand eight, oh. two thousand nine period. So Jesus Christ, it Michelle was only, McCool! Only recently that it became the Divas belt. I mean, created do, in two thousand and eight. Yeah, part as part of the brand extension. Do, do you think it's simply because they just didn't know how to truly use women for an awful long time? I think so. Within the WWE, I mean, they never had a clue what to do with China, 
you know, and and whether whatever you think about the backstage scuttlebutt um, between Steph Trips and China, and how much of that you believe. I, I think it's fair to say that an awful lot of the skepticism, an awful lot of the rumor that's been spoken of, is probably true. But do you think they just genuinely didn't know what to do for an awful long time? And you know, especially when they were getting into trouble, you know, you know, with the with the oversexuality <clears throat> of it at all and everything, especially during the attitude era, you know. And oh God, the, I mean, that whole choose your fantasy crap from was it cyber sunday or taboo tuesday it was like here are the women you can decide how they're going to dress when they wrestle yeah. it's like vince think, had think, to be behind that i think when you had like the attitude era you had people who could work like you had you know lita and you know uh tristan is a good worker and all those kind of things but once they kind of stopped they kind of you know it <clears> out and they kind of retired you get to kind of you know the mid two thousands. There wasn't really they didn't have any good any really good workers, there, did they? Well, there was only a couple, so they, you couldn't build no. a division because there wasn't anybody to have the good matches to kind of generate the um you know to uh, to bring the numbers in for it. So they, they, they didn't support it because there was no reason to because it wasn't a big part of the show. I mean, I remember watching. I think it was WrestleMania twenty seven or twenty eight that I watched recently. Um, because uh, another podcast that I listened to was covering it, and they had a lot of a lot of women wrestlers come out, and it was just like, oh yeah, this is why the women's division wasn't going anywhere yeah, exactly. because they're all terrible. Um, so I'm just trying to find the match because it really was, yeah, it was a it was a max. Um, no, I'm I'm wrong. Ignore me. I can't find it. Never mind. That went well. Yeah, uh, it did, didn't it? <laughs> Um, there was there was a sort of as say a period about sort of maybe ten years ago where I think John Laurinaitis was in charge of the talent recruitment as far as the I women. That's where things kind of hit the wall a bit, wasn't it? If you, you a know. little bit, yeah, because he was. I think he was essentially told, "There's a Victoria's Secret catalogue. Let's choose who to hire." Yeah, and they <laughs> went that way, and hence the. I mean, I think it was the. It was kind of probably the aftermath of Sable being a big thing in it. Because Sable kind of blatantly admitted that she was only in wrestling to further a career somewhere else, and the first chance she got, she'd be off. Yeah. And the, if you watch any Sable match from around about ninety-eight time, she is absolutely god awful. So, has... so, so, sorry to cut you off, Cameron, but I've just found out. I've just found what I was looking for. Okay. It was at Survivor Series 2011 where they had Beth Phoenix versus Eve Torres in a Lumberjill match for the WWE Divas Championship. Lumberjill. And the Lumberjills involved were Kelly Kelly, the Bella Twins, Natalia, Alicia, Alicia Fox, Tamir, Rosa Mendes, AJ, Caitlin, Akasana, and Maxine. And, you know, obviously some of them are still around, but it was just like, okay, how many can we squeeze on? And I think that's kind of depressing. But at least WCW were doing things okay in the early 2000s when they were doing wedding dress matches. <laughs> and they were also just, doing yeah. they were also doing Viagra on a pole matches. Yeah, yeah. I, I seem to remember a WCW pay per view um, where there was indeed a cake involved, and one of the commentators said, "And you know what happens every time there's a cake at a professional wrestling show? But first, we have to get the wrestling out of the way." Oh, 
That's, yeah. yeah, God. It was yeah. it was like that for a long time. Yeah, like you know, Cameron said, it was just like models, screen, dabbing. Yeah, that's it. Ring. And it wasn't until, I think you mentioned AJ was in that Survivor Series match. I think she was one of the ones that kind of actually, you know what, we can wrestle. Yeah. Yeah, I think what helped AJ's case is that she was a fan. Yeah. Very and much so. And she kind of understood what she was getting herself into. Well, you think about it, like the generation before her... I mean, who was there? You know, the fabulous Moolah to kind of look at, look look up to. But when, yeah, there when, wasn't much at all. When AJ was growing up, he had like Lita and Trish and stuff. Do you, at least there was somebody there, like kind of strong role, role models. You kind of go, yeah, that I, you know, I, I can be like that. Was well, not that Kraken video like something like um, in like two thousand and one or two thousand and two or something like that? And there's like AJ Lee, and she's like. Something oh, she, like fourteen years old or she something. Meets she, break, and she, like, can barely, she meets Lita and she just breaks down crying. She just can't control her body because she's so excited. Yeah, pretty much. It's just it's really cool. It's really nice. If yeah. you ever get a chance, find it. I, mean, I um, didn't really pay any attention to WWF when it was uh, Attitude Era because I couldn't stand it. I mean, I, I do think that's the what? best thing about Bailey is that she has gotten over massively. Not not just with women, but with men. And also, um, you know, she she's basically saying to a lot of young fans, look, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what kind of an upbringing, you have, upbringing you've had. You can make it if you work hard enough. And that, in this world where being a star, frankly, is just deplorable, it's such a good thing that we have Bailey around to be able to do that. Mm. I mean, never mind the fact that they really, really need to stop selling I am a hugger t-shirt to 40-year-old men because that's just creepy. At least I'll, she's I'm doing something to call, good. I'm going to put a order on that because I think that t-shirt's really good. It's, and it's just better than creepy, having, though. It's, it's, it's better than the fact they do... It's, it's breaking a male stereotype, exactly. isn't no, it? No, it's not yeah, breaking it a male yes, stereotype. It it's fine. Disturbing. It's fine. It's fine. What's wrong with people hugging? What's wrong with that? They sell they sell blokes Becky Lynch t-shirts that say last kicker yeah, across. That's them. a little bit more. That is wrong. No, that is just wrong. Um, yeah, that seems a little bit more iffy. Yeah. Just a little bit, yeah. Derek, you were pouring scorn on the attitude era a couple of minutes ago. I'm interested yeah, to hear. I just really didn't like it. That's I... interesting because you always hear about that as being, you know, what brought people back in for that period. So it, it kind of had the opposite effect on you. Utterly. Because I've just found it was um, too much concentration on trying to be edgy and not actually putting on decent wrestling, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't really feel it was doing what I want from wrestling. There was too much attempts to get blood on screen, which I don't mind. Now, but it's just that was the be all and end all of it. Let's have hardcore matches every five minutes. And I didn't like the attitudes of the wrestlers and just the whole feel of it all it just didn't really do wrestling for me i think the reason though was that it was simply a very different playing field um you know wcw for all intents and purposes did have wwf in the ground for an awful lot of time and they had to do something anything to get them ahead What's going to get people watching? Women with very little clothing. Hate to say it, but it's true. What's going to get men watching? Big guys beating each other. You're going to see blood. You're going to see chairs, whatever. They had to do something to bring people in. So as deplorable as it possibly was, I can't blame them for doing what they did with that. I found with WCW in that sort of late 
90s, early 2000s era before they did Diadethes, I felt they had a bit more variety and perhaps the slightly lighter tone was more to my taste than desperately trying to be full of teenage angst. As far as um, ability of the roster goes, I always at that time like to hark back to Eric Bischoff's comment. Um, he was interviewed by, on uh, JBL show on the WWE Network not long ago. And apparently he said his biggest problem in WCW was he had his main guys who were over, like your Hulk Hogan's and your Kevin Nash's and your Scott Hall's and all this kind of stuff, and Goldberg to a degree, didn't really have a great deal of technical ability between them all, but character-wise they were over, so they went in the main event. Whereas he had a whole... Yeah, he had a whole underlying core group of your your Eddie Guerrero's, your Chris Benoit's, your Chris Jericho's, your um, Alex Wright's, your Dean Malenko's, who could really go, but they weren't allowed to break into the WCW's main event bracket because Hogan and Nash and Hall were there, and they just kept adding people. You know, like Bret Hart went straight into the main event, and Sting was there, and Flair was there, Piper. and Goldberg, and Piper as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they were never allowed to break into that main event bracket. So that was, he said, his, his big problem. The When WCW put on a show, he often said, as far as ability goes and actual style of wrestling, the undercards were usually amazing and the main events usually sucked. See, I was, kind of tended to enjoy a lot of those main events, I found back at the time, anyway. If I ever saw them, because, I mean... The WCW, those WCW shows were tough to watch outside of, you know, wait for them to arrive on video or catching them on, what's it, on Bravo? Or TNT, sorry. Uh, the, TNT, um, yeah. They were shown. They were just like, you almost watch them as like car crashes because they were just, so much stuff has been thrown at walls left, right and centre of those main events. You just kind of like, almost like, what the hell am I watching? But yeah, I found them entertaining more yeah. so than the WWF stuff. Uh, it's, I just, it's hard to properly quantify exactly where uh, WWF was failing for me. And I think it's just in that general idea. I, I kind of get that because it seems to be the metally teenage angst thing, whereas yeah. WCW seemed to be a wrestling company. And the matches didn't seem to last as long as WWF, and there was a little bit less yakking. And I enjoyed characters like David Flair and Crowbar and Berlin and The Wall and uh, Three Count and so forth. And I, it just, those characters worked for me. The, the, Less, less possibly some of the lighter guys and that well i think it was variety that was the key whereas wwf was tending to have a quite a lot of just more heavy hitters and in, in making each other bleed with barbed wire and thumbtacks everywhere I, I i don't know i've got to say derek i think i think you're seeing the attitude as something a little different to really what it was because I don't remember it that being that. I, I, I don't remember the, there being that much blood, really. Or, you know, I mean, the, the worst that I can really remember, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Cameron and Phil, but the worst thing I really remember were two particular matches. Um, well, maybe three. Uh, you had the street fight from Royal Rumble 2000, um, the Hell in a Cell match from No Way Out 2000. And the I Quit match between Rock and Mankind in 1999. And otherwise, 
I don't really remember them focusing that much badly I mean, on blood, guts, and gore. I mean, like, am, am I wrong? Four matches and that sort of thing, which I didn't really care for. I wanted to see sort of more wrestling type stuff and i enjoyed the cruiserweights a lot in wcw which there wasn't really the equivalent at the time in wwf i believe i think there was an attempted equivalent with the light heavyweight championship which taka michinoku won uh but they 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 took it seriously for about three months when he had the belt and then they never really bothered with it after that but it was a direct response to um, WCW's cruiserweight division, which was for the most part really, really good. Yeah. And that's the thing WCW seemed a more worldwide wrestling company than WWF, which seemed to be more just American. I think there's WCW often came across as, and Scott Hall said this and it stuck with me and I like it as a quote. He says that um, WCW were a wrestling company trying to make a TV show. And the WWF were a TV company trying to make a wrestling show. And there's a yeah, defined no, difference between the two. <laughs> yeah. And it's... I, I can see what you mean, Derek. I, I know exactly what you mean. I'm, I've watched a lot of the Attitude Era pay-per-views now as part of the write-ups I do because um, I missed them at the time. I quit watching wrestling for three years and missed the entire Attitude Era. Mm. And a lot of the matches are diabolically bad because they feature guys who are pretty out of shape can't really go, but know they can take a shortcut by just reaching for a table. Yeah, that's kind of my issue, I guess. Yeah, whereas WCW was built on that ethos of Southern wrestling, and it had to be a core of wrestling. There was pure wrestling in WCW. There were far less gimmicky matches apart from obviously certain ridiculousnesses occasionally. I'm talking mainly from my experience of not watching pay-per-views, but watching the... uh, um, nitro. The Nitro, which yeah. be recorded for me from Sky, from TNT, and also watching Worldwide before that. I think I think I'll, I'll agree with that because, like you say about um, um, Channel Four was showing the pay per view, so I think I tend to I weirdly during that period I think I watched more pay per views of WWF and more of the TV show for WCW because they were more available on the you know the, the actual side to the channels I had. Weirdly, W. WCW never had a full sort of proper UK TV deal, though. No, it was only say you see, it's like that randomly it disappeared on TNT for a little while, didn't it? Yeah, it was always, um, you know, it, I seem to remember them being on Channel Five at one stage as well. Mm. They well, had they um, WCW Worldwide on Channel Five. Yeah, which is, I got introduced to WCW. But that's uh, a, that, that's a large point where I kind of fell out of watching. WWF was because for you know the longest time it was hidden behind that Sky TV paywall, wasn't it? You had to either have the Sky Sports subscription or even have access to it in order to buy the pay per views. And, and I'm not sure that it was especially WWF, especially well that um, just the involvement of like Vince McMahon and the heads of the company sort of thing was a bit annoying. Really, it just that element of it didn't seem to happen so much in WCW, maybe because I was often watching the edited worldwide show or just watching the uh, Nitro shows. I don't know. It's hard to say if maybe I'd seen more of it. Maybe I'd have seen more sort of heads of company involvement, but there seemed to be a lot less faff. The matches seemed to be over in less time and it 
seemed cleaner and more really? efficient. Yeah. During during the time that Vince Russo was in WCW, when he when it was just oh god, I was about to. I know you mean Derek about authority figures, um, and obviously Vince's Mister McMahon character was a big part of probably what made the Attitude Era get over as far as characters went. Because um, let's not forget, we had Vince putting himself in bloody main event matches against Stone Cold and all that kind of stuff when he can't obviously wrestle. Um, Steve Valentine's Day Massacre, there you go. Steve Valentine's Day Massacre, yes, he fell on his arse. Um, <clears throat> and bruised his entire buttocks, apparently. Oh, um, sorry, his, his match with Shane at 17 was good. Um, I thoroughly they, enjoyed that. Because they can take a lot of shortcuts. Because True. they can reach for bins and... You're waiting for the traditional Shane's going to fall off something very tall. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, the, the wonderful moments. That's the only bit of Shane McMahon matches you'll ever see again repeated is when he falls off something very tall. Or a coast-to-coast, don't forget that. But he goes a coast-to-coast, yeah, which looked awful. And that was, that, that was essentially a Van Terminator, which Rob Van Dam was, wasn't was. allowed to do, but Shane was. Um, anyway, never mind. Um, how much, um, Derek and Chris, sort of, I say, modern wrestling have you have, have you seen, sort of now? Sort of, I mean, Derek was mentioning about NXT um, a while ago. I don't know if Chris watches NXT either as well. I, I sort of started getting into it a lot more with the network being available in my house, being as my lodger pays for WWE Network, and I pay for everything else in the house basically. So we. I get that free. Uh, he gets my Netflix and my internet connection, so I get uh, wrestling for free. Uh, but I, as I say, I've sort of had an on-off relationship with wrestling anyway. But then listening to the Conquistadors uh, really got me into watching NXT properly. See, Phil, we've changed one life. We've changed one. We touched, yeah, we touched it, one person. We kept up about how amazing NXT was, and I thought I'd give it a go. I thought, oh, yeah. It really is... was, man. For that period, I think it's kind of gone off yeah, the boil the last kind of six months. A bit now again, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think NXT's big problem is um, it's always going to be strip mined whenever the main roster gets in trouble. Forgetting yeah. Philly Deja Vu here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, it's it's that that's its main problem, and you're always anyone who's successful in NXT, you're fully expecting. Well, well when are, when are they going to go up to the main roster? When are they going to go up to the main roster? It's like no matter what Samoa Joe did for his last year in NXT, everyone was always when's he going to go up to the main roster? When's yeah. he going to go up to the main roster? And lo and behold, he's there now. But then you'll be struggling to replace whoever it is you know that's disappeared. The day that Nakamura ends up on either Raw or SmackDown will be, I think bloody disastrous for NXT because it'll be replacing him. Asuka may go up as well and uh, I think I think they're kind of grooming Ember Moon to kind of take over her face slot in NXT. Yeah, because there isn't an obvious person to replace her is there? I don't think it's like the main at the moment, no. The the, the main main, main, uh, baby face of that car of that company, so. I can see probably Asuka (laughs) dropping the NXT women's belt to Nikki Glenn Cross, and then Nikki Glenn Cross takes on Ember Moon from that point onwards. That would certainly make sense. It would make sense, yeah. And Nikki Glenn Cross, by the way, is utterly phenomenal. Um, and I'm glad I've that so far. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that. Um, I mean, I've been to you know ICW shows and watching ICW, and she's been amazing. You know, before she left for that, 
And, and she's uh, been presented as quite a threat when she goes sort of smashing people through tables and what have you. From a personal point of view, I am happy that Sanity have pretty much one character who's their attack dog, and she's a Scottish woman. Yeah, I think that's great. That she's that's like the, the she's like the muscle. Yeah. <laughs> she's like the complete insane nutcase. You know, of all the Sanity, you know, Eric Young's unhinged. The other two guys are pretty much you know crazy bruisers, but the most demented person the in really Sanity really dangerous is the girl. <laughs> yeah, the really dangerous one is the woman. <laughs> I just find that brilliant. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. And I like how the fact they've allowed her to have a Scotland flag on her jacket as well when she <laughs> when she does her entrance. It's amazing. I love her. Uh and I'm glad that she's been able to she's gonna be able to have a wider audience with that. It's My own complaint with her is I think she needs to work on sort of showing conviction with uh, getting over the conviction of the character on camera because i think sometimes it can look a little forced i think nxt one thing that you can say for that it's like they're really good at hammering out the edges from the independent people you know they kind of take these people you know who are technically really really good and may not necessarily have the kind of the um character work down but once they've kind of been through that program uh, you know for a while they can you know they can really really just nail all those different aspects yeah, well, I at the minute I think she's kind of uh, thinking about being that character a bit too much. It's got a, and I'm sure in time it will come where it seems more fluid. Oh yeah, yeah. That she's a scary individual, but at the minute it feels like, oh yeah, I've got to be scary here. I've got to be appearing to be a threat. So she'll work on it, and she's done well so far. And I look forward to more from her soon. She's certainly, certainly talented enough. Um. Would you two guys, as sort of as say, as sort of flitting wrestling fans, it's usually about this time of the year that your kind of flitting casual fan, for want of a better phrase, starts to sort of take an interest in it because WrestleMania's on the horizon, and it's kind of like you know how, you know how people are only interested in horse racing because the Grand National appears. Um, it, it, would you have you guys heard much about the build up to WrestleMania this year? Would you be sort of ordering WrestleMania? Well, I say ordering WrestleMania. That's kind of an old phrase. Um, would you be watching WrestleMania? Yes, definitely. I mean, they tend to I, watch. Yeah. I mean, I think. Um, I think really, Rumble did when before Rumble, as I think I said to you the week, Cameron. I stopped watching wrestling for a good three or four months. I was just mm-hmm. bored of it. I'd found other things that I was interested in doing. Um, there were a lot of films that were out that I was very much into a lot of TV shows that just took my interest a lot more than wrestling did. And sadly it just went by the wayside. And then when the rumble came up and I started hearing more buzz and I thought, I'm going to try and get back into this. I'm going to try and start enjoying it again. So I watched all the pay-per-views prior to the rumble again, just to try and get on top of it all. Um, and to get back into it. I mean, the truth is I don't watch a lot of wrestling. I don't watch Raw or SmackDown on a weekly basis. I don't watch NXT. I'm one of those fans who primarily watches the pay-per-views, and that's about it. Because I find that almost, and this may be because I've got a a bad, you know, I, I don't concentrate on things particularly easily. I almost find there to be too much content out there to watch. I find it to be a struggle 
watching three hours of War each week, two hours of SmackDown each week. Uh, is it what two hours of NXT each an hour week? Now, what, one of NXT, uh, you know, you got the cruiserweight. You know, that that's a lot of. I that is watching. That's too I much content. A lot of matches. That's just too much content for me. But in terms of getting back into WrestleMania, I I think you're absolutely right, Cameron. I think there is a certain level of fan out there who do come back because of the road to WrestleMania and how it's building up. I know a little bit about what's coming up at WrestleMania, but not not that much. And honestly, the minute I heard that Rock was back on Raw last night, it was like, oh, God, no, just, just, just no. And I'm not so much worried about it as such, because I don't think he's going to be involved, you know, at least. And please tell me he's not. But, yeah. Is, like, I don't know if he'll be involved, but it might be like last year, they kind of bring him out just because, you know... He may not necessarily bring that much to the show, but he's still like you know the biggest movie star in the world right now. Well, so that's still eyeballs to the show. Sure that's a good, but I don't know that it's that's necessarily a good thing. Oh yeah, because he came out and buried bloody Eric Rowan last year, which was ridiculous. Like that oh, segment that didn't serve anybody at all. But yeah, you know, yeah. I, I but I understand. Yeah, he's a big star. Therefore, you know, we're going to use I him mean, because we can. You know, we got access to him. But it, it, only if it should help the product. Not just honestly, be a tick box. And honestly, I'm not sure it does necessarily help the product for an awful lot of fans. It will draw, it will garner attention to it. But for a, I think for a lot of fans these days, you know, a lot of especially fans who've been watching for a long time, just think, just, just go away, just leave <laughs> us, just leave us alone. You know. The world moves on without you, Rock. And I think I think the biggest I think the biggest thing with the Rock, and I don't want to turn this into a massive rock run, so I will stop in a moment, but I think the biggest thing with the Rock was um was it I can't remember which Royal Rumble it was, but there was the Rumble where um Roman Reigns won. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand fourteen. Thank you. And Rock came out to celebrate and lift his arm, and you could just tell there was a look on the face of the Rock that said, "I've made a mistake here. I shouldn't yeah. have come." I remember his face. And was like, the, those, the, that, those boos hit. He's like, "What the hell?" And that interview. Afterwards, oh no, it was two thousand fifteen. Sorry, it was fifteen. Sorry, two thousand fourteen, fifteen. And that interview with Rock and Roman Reigns in the back, where Roman looked. Roman looked like a deer in the headlights, didn't have a clue what to say. And The Rock was all like, oh, The Rock's here because of the people. And he just didn't know what to say. It's like, just. I think that, that, that situation was just like, so like, out of control. Like, yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he expected it. And you don't often see the, the Rock kind of stuck for words, but he really was at that moment because he's like, but I'm The Rock. They should they, should, they cheer me. What, 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 what's the booze? Such was the effect of Roman Reigns. Yeah. The, the, biggest thing, wow. the biggest thing for me with that whole rock thing was, to me, bringing the rock in was an insurance policy. Oh, yeah. they, they probably knew that Roman Reigns winning was not going to go down well. So what we're going to do, we're going to bring the rock in to try and make things a little bit better. Okay, you know that. 
you know that Roman Reigns winning is potentially not the best idea in the world. So here's an idea, Vince. Don't do it at all. Just don't do it. Mm. Build him up a bit more. Try and get the crowd over. I think don't that- bring someone in in the hope in the vain hope that maybe it will make it a little bit better. Because you're taking the piss there, Vince. I'm sorry, but you are. I think what should the happen Rock there... should never be an insurance policy. What should happen there? They should have turned into the skid then. And, like, you know, picture it again. You know, he wins, crowd boos, Rock comes out, starts cheering, they more boos. And just have Roman Reigns clothesline him. You know, just... That, that could have worked. And that would have cemented him being a heel turn. And... That's what he needed at that point was to be a heel character. They should have like, right, the fans aren't going with him. They're booing him. Let's turn into the skid. Let's make that, you know, let's go with this and just make him a horrible heel character. And you probably would have had, you you know, you probably would still be booed, but you get booed for a couple of years because, you know, the same thing happened with The Rock in the, what's it, 96, 97, when he was, you know, the Die Rocky Die Chance. Yeah, exactly. Turn him heel. And within 18 months, he's the biggest heel, the biggest, most over character in the company. Yeah. Roman Reigns could have done it in one line. Roman Reigns could have done it by appearing on Raw and looking at the crowd and going, I know you all don't like me, but Vince does. And that's the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been nuclear heat. Yeah. (laughs) And then he would have been fine. Just determined to have him be the cool scowly guy. That that line that he said, you know, I'm I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm just the guy. It's it's kind of a, it's kind of a good line. I, I do wish they, I do wish that, Hallmark had traded on that and brought on a birthday card that said you're not a good boy, you're not a bad boy, but you are the birthday boy, but there we are. Yeah. And yes, I did just shamelessly rip that off from somebody else and I do apologise, but I just thought it was a wonderful thing to say. But yeah. Sorry, I've completely I've completely taken the what the original question and it's somewhere fine. else. I do it's, apologize it's for that. No problem. I was gonna just uh, course, we go where we want to. So yeah. um I had a question and I forgot what it was. Oh crap, that was a good one as well. I was going to ask Derek if he was going to be watching WrestleMania. Just keep it cool. I mean, I tend to watch it every year anyway. Um, I think it's especially good when they hold it in daylight and uh, put on two of their sinister characters in a match. <laughs> During daylight, yeah, that's cracking, isn't it? <laughs> are, are, you, are you possibly referring to Bray Wyatt and Undertaker? And uh, Triple H comes on as a strange Terminator or something. It was awesome. What are you talking about? No, the, the best oh, moment is when you got bloody... <laughs> Um, Stephanie dressed as someone from the Mad Max Thunderdome going off about something about on top of a flaming throne or whatever she was doing last year. That was amazing, that was. <laughs> and, oh, and that, just, oh, yeah. And, and, just, and you're just knowing Triple H's mind is thinking, oh, this is going to be good later. He's like, yeah. Keep, keep, it, keep it on, Steph, keep it on. He's saving that for the wank bank. You can just guarantee it, that is. Oh. That's God. like, oh, no. you know, Triple H's fevered fancy dream writ large across the bloody stadium. I don't know how he managed to pull that one off, but there you go. <laughs> but would you say at the moment uh, I kind of remember a question uh, you know it, uh, WWF is essentially you know the biggest company out there the kind of main repository for wrestling is it doing enough to keep your attention because you know as flitting wrestling fans I, th- I think we all have been at some point I mean, is yes, it doing enough to kind of maintain your attention it's wrestling definitely and that's sort of what's mainly holding my attention but uh, I watched NXT uh, the most recent one and there's um that chap with the moustache from the UK. Tyler Bates. Gallagher. The gentleman, Jack Gallagher. I I, I like him. He's uh, quite good. At least he's a sort of uh, fairly 
distinctive male wrestler in, at least he, he acts significantly different to all the rest of them by him having that sort of more gentlemanly he was gimmick. cracking it did, did you watch him in the um the cruiserweight classic jack gallagher i didn't what was great was um because he was on the same show as zach saber jr i think zach saber jr is a much more of a kind of you know the indie um hipster kind of wrestler guy you know everyone likes zach saber jr because he's so technical and he was on the show, but I don't think he got over half as well as Jack Gallagher, Jack Gallagher did. I'm not quite sure Jack Gallagher did it. He did, because if you watch his, his match, he does like, um, it's a, there's like an escape he does, where he kind of like bends his leg a couple of times and kind of just spins out of a hold. And the crowd just loved it. Like, they just popped for it straight away. And somehow, that just kind of got him over more than what Zack Sabre Jr. could do in about, in his like, quarter of an hour match. And there's just uh, something about him. He's yeah. got, really good character going there and he just puts things over really well and the thing is he is actually quite a good technical wrestler as oh, well yeah. he's he's got lots of the old kind of world of sports um style stuff to him like say if you watch him in the cwc this match um with this um italian guy he does a couple of great moves well like say he's, he's kind of trapped him in holds he just kind of spins around and suddenly the guy's on the floor in a chokehold or something he's, he's got some cracking kind of close um you know, catches can style wrestling to him is that the one against Fabian Eichner? Yeah, this first match. Like, yeah. like yeah. The, the crowd's really quiet, and then he just said, this is kind of bonkers escape, and the crowd just lap it up. Like, within... Yeah. You can just flick a switch, and the crowd, he's over, like, straight away. Whereas, there was a moment um, we went to see ICW Square Go uh, two years ago, the 2015 version, and uh, Joe Coffey, who is an absolute powerhouse, Joe Coffey, and he had a, an Iron Man challenge on the night, and he said he would challenge any wrestler from any company. And Jack Gallagher was the guy, and I'd never heard of him at all. And I thought, who is this shrimpy, small, white fellow who's come down to the ring with a cup of tea? <laughs> and uh, then I thought, he's going to get absolutely blasted. He's going to be rubbish. But then they had a half-hour-long Ironman match, and it was absolutely amazing because it was totally believable yeah. that with when Joe Coffey was trying to lift him up for all these massively powerful suplex and all this kind of stuff, he would just sort of squirm out of them and then apply some kind of, like, like arm block or something kind like that. Bonkers hold on him. <clears throat> yeah, and it was just absolutely. And ju- the, the whole half hour was played out as Joe Coffey's getting frustrated because he can't do his power moves because Jack Gallagher keeps wriggling out with them yeah. before he can hit them. Oh, there's, and there's, it was brilliant. There's a great bit in um, one of his other matches in the, in the Cruiser Classic. He was up against that uh, Japanese guy. He's on um, Akira Tozawa. Yeah, Akira Tozawa. And I can't remember what happens, but there's like cause Tozawa hits him with something with a move, and like Jack Gallagher just gets up and he just looks pissed off like actually like properly pissed off i just stopped leathering him with moves and it was like a great switch to his character because he was he was you know playing that kind of you know the whimsical oh look at my mustache oh i've got an umbrella called william haha but then he's like actually you've annoyed me now so i'm gonna really fucking hurt you for the next 10 minutes and it's kind of like it showed some great depth to his character which i think you know a lot of independent guys don't have that other gear but he really does have that second gear to kind of change up when he needs to he's good at really selling the character and what he's going through in the match, I think that's something he really excels at doing, sort of uh, as if he's uh, sometimes uh, struggling a little with the physical exertion to some extent and uh, sort of surprise at escaping certain things. I think he's really good at portraying what's happening there. Mm. I 
particularly like, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. He's really good. The sad truth is that he's probably going to be relegated to the pre-show at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> if he's on the card at all. Well, he's on, uh, is he on the main show for the next Fastlane? Because he's, he's in a match with Neville for the Cruiserweight belt, isn't he? Got a, yeah, he's got a match with against Neville, with uh, which I think will be amazing. Because uh, Neville's heel character is incredible. Yeah, well, there's another really guy. Yeah, you know, we talked about Apollo Cruz earlier being brought up too soon. When they, I mean, you know, Neville had his run with the belt at the NXT belt. When they brought him up, they just kind of, they just let him kind of flounder there for a while with, with a cape. Yeah, and then he had that injury, and obviously, you know, he um, missed last WrestleMania with that. Um, we kind of broke his ankle, didn't he? Yeah, and then he came back with a bit of a beard with dark hair, and like that heel character he's doing is spot on, isn't it? It's just like that's just the switch he needed to do to get relevant again i think that's so much did, of the wrestling is staying re- relevant isn't it yeah did you hear his promo at the uk championships in january no i didn't i only the just one, started watching that he got he got on the mic and it was brilliant he, he's kind of like the the, the break in between the semi-finals and the final yeah is a is his promo and a match involving him uh i won't ruin who it is against because it's a surprise um, but he says he gets on the mic and kind of goes, "Oh, I see what's going on here. You do a cruiserweight championship, and I don't get invited. You do a UK championship, and I don't get invited." <laughs> and it's just probably kind of going, "Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Where is it? Why? Why, why is he not in there?" <laughs> yeah, all in this Geordie accent. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, so there's going to be. I mean, a lot of fans jump onto the WrestleMania kind of. I want to say bandwagon, but that makes that kind of makes it sound a little bit negative. I think it's true, um, and it's, it's usually the football, though, isn't it? It's yeah. the same with any kind of big sport, event, like the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're so just some things that there? just kind of transcend across you know, fan barriers. Is that the right word? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what, you mean. what are you saying, Derek? Sorry. It's just um, pretty much every time I've watched WrestleMania, it's amounted to not much at all in the end. In fact, it's often been inferior, I think, to just general shows, certainly in terms of what I've seen on NXT. I think like last year they had um, Zane Nakamura just kind of blew anything away that was on the main WrestleMania. Maybe not storyline-wise, but for just sheer quality of wrestling, that was my match last year. It was incredible. It was incredible. (laughs) Having said about WrestleMania, I did enjoy the rumble this year for the first time ever stayed up to watch it live or at least most of it until <laughs> yeah. about am i've got to say i think what made rumble special for me this year and hopefully what will make wrestlemania special for me this year was it's the first time that i've seen a live event with a group of other people in a bar it's usually been round you know either on my own watching it at 3am in the morning with a pizza feeling sorry for myself or watching it, you know, not the right kind of atmosphere. It's not, or or watching it with a friend and you usually end up talking about anything else, but what's going on on screen because sitting watching TV with someone for five hours, not saying is something incredibly dull, but watching it in the bar this year with, with a friend who admittedly we were talking, it was awesome. You know, we really got into it. Um, I said throughout the night I was not going to start shouting John Cena, you know, Cena sucks when he came out. But God damn, the minute Cena came out, I was singing <laughs> along like a little mark. And I think that's what, I think that's really what has made the difference for me and what has turned it around for me. And I really 
hope that I can get the day off to go and watch WrestleMania live again this year. And I mean, what I'd really like to do is, you know, speaking about ICW, Cameron, is mm-hmm. I'd love to come up to Glasgow um, or, or Edinburgh, wherever it is, or Scotland. Because um, it's all just the one place. Yeah, it is. They're all really is. close to it's Scotland. It's fine when you get absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah, I can, I, can, I can reach out my window to St. Arthur's seat now. It's, it's a tiny wee island. Um, it is. I'd, yeah. I'd love Peninsula. to come up. Indeed, I'd, I'd love to come up for um, ICW Fear and Loathing um, in November. Which counties, though, Scotland? Uh, yeah, um, I, I definitely <laughs> want to come up for Fear and Loathing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd also like to come up for... Um, Baromania free. I mean, I don't know if you're intending on going to these shows, but I think what's changed wrestling for me is not necessarily WWE and what's got me back into into wrestling in the last couple of years. It's not WWE at all. It's mm-hmm. seeing the ICW shows. It's going to progress, you know, and I'm really getting involved with it again. And, you know, I think were it not for ICW, were it not for progress, I probably would have given up on wrestling entirely. I think that's like, wrestling live, so uh, I might have to do that at some point. You need to come up for Fear and Lawson. I, def- I definitely will. I'll um, brilliant. I'll get I'll get the time. I'll see, get the day off and come up and see you. So many times when looking at wrestling events back i just sort of skip through most of the matches but i don't know maybe it would make a difference seeing it live there i mean obviously with the royal rumble watching it live i couldn't skip through matches and it kind of made a difference that was kind of forced to watch it and also discussing it live with friends via facebook and stuff throughout the uh darkness it was uh, (laughs) kind of an interesting experience just doing that live but i'd still had to watch most of the rumble the day after due to falling asleep at about 3 a.m i think i was about an hour into the rumble something like that not sure half an hour something along those lines i seem to remember i stopped receiving messages from you at about the half two mark I think you stopped responding to my Facebook messages because yeah. during the evening... It's been about half two and three, I think, that I ended me, up falling asleep. Me and Derek were exchanging messages on Facebook Messenger as to what was going on um, at the time. No, so it was, it was quite fun. It makes it a hell of a lot better if you don't know the results and you've kept yourself in the dark about the results mm. and you can watch it in a crowd. Um, I think it's like any kind of like sporting event like that. You know, it, it, it makes it a whole ton better. You get but you get caught in the moment a bit. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I still remember he's... like uh, WrestleMania 30. Like, just even it was just me and my son watching WrestleMania 30. But even just that, when, when the um, Undertaker lost, and just seeing the reaction on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, that's stuff like that incredible. Yeah, that's really really good. But no, you guys need to come, and I mean Phil in this as well. You need to come up to Fear and Loathen or any ICW show because it's always incredible. Can you play, I mean, pay I... for my plane ticket? That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah, it's 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 almost getting to that stage actually. To be honest with you. I, I'm I'm honestly more at this point. I'm looking forward to seeing the ICW Fight Club in Liverpool more than anything else right now because you know I, I I've been to a number of their live shows now. You know I think I'm up to five or six shows that I've been to, and every single time I've enjoyed the hell out of it, and I want to go and see more. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it right now. I'd love to get up for an ICW Fight Club taping in Glasgow. What in the garage? 
Yeah, but I think it's a bit too far to come for just a regular show, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, maybe it's, it's... You won't get as sort of in-depth matches as you would do if you were coming up to a big show. Mm. Um, they obviously, obviously, the main purpose of Fight Club is to just, you know, lead into whatever the show coming up is. Um, so you'll get matches still, and they'll be, still you... be good, but... Sorry, that was one thing I wanted to actually ask. How much do you think it matters? And, and this is to everyone. Not necessarily following Warren, Raw, uh, Raw, Raw, Raw. Ah. There we go. Get it there eventually. Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis to be able to watch the pay per views. And the reason I say that is because, you know, not watching ICW on a weekly basis, I, d- I don't know what the storylines are. I don't have a clue who hates who, why someone's fighting someone else. It doesn't. I don't know that, but it doesn't matter to me. I go along, I watch it, I have a damn good time. I don't care that this person hates this person for the last six months or the last two years. It simply doesn't matter to me at that stage. All I know is I'm having a cracking time. So, I mean, what what, what do you think? What? It's kind of what recap videos are for. But yeah. no, man, carry on. <laughs> Next. I think, uh, the uh, WWF, they do do a good job of, like, on their YouTube channel, just putting, like, you know, the, the 10 things happen on Raw this week and the kind of highlight videos. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, how I tend to so watch no, most of Raw so and no, I mean, really. How much do you think, how much does it diminish your enjoyment of it? If you if you didn't watch that, if you yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, simply yeah. went into Rumble Blind without, or, or, or Mania completely blind because they don't seem to do that many promos these days would it diminish your enjoyment of the show not necessarily knowing no, everything um, and the in-depth information i mean i'm I, you know me as a wrestling fan i'm on you know um wrestling news sites and watching youtube videos and stuff and all that kind of thing to keep on top of it whereas my son he just really watches the pay-per-views when they kind of roll along mm-hmm. and he still wants to watch them like he's he's not got bored of them and all that he's still like a wrestling fan so and he you know that that's for a 12 year old so he just kind of, I think he kind of, as long as they kind of get over, you know, you know, this is the deck and this is the one you want to cheer. I think that's kind of all they need to do for a good wrestling yeah. match. If you've got good guys in the ring, that's, you know, they can tell a story in, in, in that match without having to, any kind of promo be beforehand. So like I have, you know, Zane versus Nakamura is my big, my big kind of example for that. You know, they, were, they, they didn't prep for that match. They were just basically just like, yeah, two guys having a fight and they kind of throw out one of the best matches you'll see in the last five years. So I think as long as they kind of got the good guys, you know, the, the, the quality in the rings there, they don't necessarily need that. I think you can, you can just step into it as a, as a new fan and pick it up because they, 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 they should be treated as every pay-per-view is someone's first pay-per-view. Yeah. By, by well, so, but... Track of all the rivalries and that sort of thing that's supposed to be happening because obviously I don't get uh roar and SmackDown until like four weeks after they've been on. Uh, so I don't particularly care anyway. All I care about seeing is can they put across a decent match? And yeah, exactly. That's all yeah. Really matter in the end. I mean, uh, it doesn't necessarily matter about storyline as long as they can put something entertaining together, such as with uh, Jack Gallagher, who I had no sort of particular backstory, but he just did good wrestling like. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it'll just be like they'll be they'll, they'll just be that character you connect with, you know, because that that's what kind of brought me back was um, seeing um, CM Punk's pipe bomb. 
Mm. Like that 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 hooked me back into watching, like paying attention, and then it was like watching Daniel Bryan was what kind of kept me watching again. If that makes sense. I, I think that did for a lot of people. You, you mean the one at the, at the top of the ramp, but it yeah, across yeah. I think got, it did for a lot of people. Yeah, because that seemed to get. The, I think that happened, and then there's like like about three things. I think that happened. Edge retired, and The Rock came back onto Raw. Like in about six months, I want to say it might have been longer than that. But in my head, it, they all seemed to happen all at once. So I think that was those kind of things. Will be oh yeah, wrestling again. I like that, and that got me paying attention to it. And then it was. So like I say, watching Daniel Bryan and then the network arriving was what's was what kept me watching. I think, you know, the um the availability of it now through the network really can't be underestimated. Because beforehand, you either had to have say yeah, it was behind the sky sky movies paywall, or you had to be watching all the torrents to kind of get the pay views down or wait six months to spend money for them on DVD. Yeah. Whereas now with the with the um you know, the app, I guess it's, it's on my PlayStation, it's on my phone, I can just watch it whenever I want. And like, you know, that's filtered out broader to like you know icw's got their own um video on demand service you know new japan's got their their on demand service and stuff that seems to have kind of been part of that kind of we don't have to compete with wwf we don't have to be that size to compete with them we just need like a good product aimed at the right people and with a good delivery service and we can get we can you know we can make money off this it doesn't have to be that kind of you know where um tna and probably wcw faulted was they thought right We've got to compete with WWF, therefore we've got to be that big. And no one's going to get that big. No one's going to get I, as big as they are. So you have to compete with them different ways, which is like you know what New Japan did, which is what ICW is doing. The strangest thing about TNA, and I'm I'm kind of glad you brought them up because I wanted to say this, but I wasn't sure whether I should or I shouldn't. The strangest thing about TNA for me is the fact that that is a brand that frankly is failing and is going nowhere, or at least from what I can see, it's going nowhere. And the no really cares about it, apart from the broken part. But the strange thing for me about TNA is that virtually every single house in the UK can get TNA. Yeah, not anymore. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yet, but but like, if you think about the last or, or 10 at least years. They could, and yet no one was watching it. Yeah. No one gave a damn. How long has it been on Challenge? What, 10 years? Or was on Challenge for like 10 years? No, I it's only so. been about five or six. It's been longer than that, hasn't it? No, but, but still, like it's been on, it's been on like free TV for that long, and its audiences remain <clears throat> broadly static. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's really sad because I think I mean I seem to remember discussing with you this review at the time, Cameron. Is <clears throat> excuse me, reading um, reading uh, Power Slam. And reading about this new company, TNA, and, you know, it, it was just after the whole WCW, ECW um, brand folding. And they had all these amazing stars and this amazing wrestling. And, you know, this was going to be the new competition. This was going to be the thing to face off against WWF. And it didn't. Um, and that's just a bit sad. I liked um, TNA at first, but then... it Because it, it had that Southern wrestling vibe that WCW had. Yeah. Mm. And as, as we've established, you're a southern wrestling boy. Yeah, yeah. But it was wrong it, with that. It was when, the, but the, the problem started. But they brought in Hulk Hogan, and they thought, right, we're going to compete with WWF by being WWF, and you yeah. can't do it. You like, just can't do it. It's like the Monday Night Wars again, and it just didn't work. You at can't all. compete against the machine. It's with those it's those and companies that have kind of gone sideways. The ring as well was a bad idea. Exactly, because that made them stand out. That gave them a, that gave them an edge. And, you know, and made what made it worse? From the market. And, and and what made it worse, Circle, was effectively 
Hulk Hogan coming into WC, sorry, not WCW, TNA, sorry, although he probably does in WCW, was coming into TNA and effectively saying, hello, everybody, I'm Hulk, goddamn Hogan, and you're going to do what I say, because I'm that guy that used to be relevant 15 years ago, so I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And nobody within TNA, unfortunately, could stand up and say, well, hang on, this is a brand that, um, you know, that Jeff Jarrett bit, started and that we built and we got a reputation and we got damn good wrestlers in here what the hell are you on about and then hulk hogan and eric bischoff just shit all over it and then it really got bad yeah, i could be same I could mistake be wrong. wcw up and again yeah I, I could be wrong here but my my memory may be faltering here but that's basically what i remember happening yeah no it's like the, they spent all the money on hogan and bischoff they tried to compete with them WWE on level terms and it completely backfired and it kind of hamstrung the company and it's what's put them into the mess they're in now I mean I went to a, um, a Q&A with um, Eric Bishop a couple of months ago and I really wanted to ask him what was your experience at TNA like you know how did it what would you see your TNA run as a success and unfortunately, I didn't have the chance to ask the question, but I would have been very intrigued as to what he had to say about it, mm. because I'm not sure he would have answered it necessarily. <laughs> but sorry, uh, Cameron, I, I, I think I cut you off. heard of a uh, sort of fairly local wrestling company to me, a Yorkshire one, Tidal Championship Wrestling. I've heard a lot about Tidal Championship Wrestling. Because um, my lodger... He goes out to see Tidal fairly often. All right. And another one that happens in Sheffield, I think. I'm not sure if it's still Tidal that uh, does Sheffield as well. But, um, yeah, he seems to think Tidal are pretty good and has been out to them a few times. And I've but I know nothing of them. City Wrestling. Was that Chris, sorry? I've heard good things about PCW. And um, Preston City Wrestling apparently being quite good. I mean, there's a lot of, like, I mean, your main two in the country, I'd say at the moment, are probably Progress and ICW, but there's still a lot of, like, I say smaller um, British wrestling companies going through this kind of renaissance period. Mm. Um, And it's, it's, I think we've broken away from the majority of British wrestling fans. When you say British wrestling, going back to the top of the show here, you know, we, a lot of people would have the impression it was going to be like World of Sport and it was going to be two fat guys rolling around in leotards. Yeah. <laughs> or the fat guys and one American guy brought over with on too much money. Yeah, exactly. Like um, yeah. And <laughs> um, they, now that we're getting this kind of, we've taken probably the best parts of an American product from like, you know, the, the sort of WWE stuff because, you know, the companies have are run mostly by people who grew up watching that. Yeah. Um, but it's made it into a much more polished product. But we, we're not afraid now to put a British spin on it. I remember about 15 years ago, a British wrestling show would always be a WWF tribute. And you would have, you know, Gary from Bolton dressed as Kane for the evening. <laughs> and it was just horrendously bad. Um, but now we have the confidence as a British uh, wrestling industry to go and make our own characters and make our own stories and put like our own regional spin on it. Like, I mean, as the ICW has got a very Scottish kind of spin on it, but it still transfers to other places that they're doing with England now and things like that. You you can tell the scene's got hot enough because it was enough for WWE to do like a specific British show, wasn't it? 
to kind of yeah, get exactly. into that market because they could realize they could actually very much. I think they were very much testing the waters for that one. Yeah, I think they I, they, I they wanted. Good. Yeah, yeah, the, the tournament was good. I think the rumor was they wanted to do a weekly UK show. From you know, film it in Britain, and do like British shows every week. Um, I don't know how much that would go into territory of overkill. I think part of the appeal at the moment, the crowds are so good, is the fact we don't usually see WWE over here that much. Uh, Maybe sort of four or five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe like a you know a Raw or SmackDown in November and April, um, and one big show of the year, and then you know this UK tournament. So it was. um, good from that point of view but yeah um i'm, I'm pleased that the, the, the british wrestling industry is seemingly with companies Same like title yeah it's 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 going a lot of places and we have kind of an industry now which you know america kind of looks upon and and you know there's a lot of stuff going on over here that the american guys you know i mean there's guys from british wrestling who are you know going over to nxt a lot and you know, yeah. well, you look at how up. they put, um, you know, they had Finn, uh, Finn Balor in, you know, they put him straight over on the main roster straight away, didn't they? As soon as he went up there, like within two weeks, he was the universal champion. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and he started, you know, he's got a lot of legacy in, in British wrestling. Yeah. Um, so, I've uh, noticed with WWE is I absolutely love it when they put on events in this country because our crowds are just stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's just really, really just, funny. They're just I think the um the definitive version of that is when they sang um they had the people singing the the fandango theme tune for like the entire raw and then out of the car park when raw finished and then on the train home they were still singing the fandango yes. theme tune if you see if you if you've seen that video it's hysterical it apparently really annoys american audiences though yeah constant singing audiences are the most raucous and rowdy bunch ever and they it's they it's like the, I suppose, in a way, not, I don't know, taking it seriously. It's like the, it's just an awful lot more bit of fun yeah, for them. Well, that's yeah, what made that exactly. NXT London show, show so cracking was some of the yeah, chats they I mean, busted out. Absolutely brilliant. The crowd at the NXT London, and it was, there was sometimes problematic when they couldn't actually get a word in Hedgeways yeah. for the crowd chatting. I was going. I was going to go to that show, but it ended up be, being on my um, son's last day at school, so we couldn't go in the end. Just no. couldn't make it work. I was like, but I was, I was odd on going to go for that and everything. I was so looking forward to seeing that, and I couldn't go. And I got. Is that the first Hey Bailey? Yeah. Chant? Yes, it was. It was the first time Hey Bailey. Will you be my girl? What's the um, one they chanted to Kaz? They did want to big Kaz, didn't they? Can't they chanted. They did um, the Beatles. Hey Jude. Yeah, yeah. Na 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 Big Kaz. What is um, it do you think about the UK audiences that football. causes? You think it's just a football <laughs> hangover? I think it's just a football thing. Like, yeah, that I'd kind of crowd. Football. That kind it's of. That kind I of think the football crowds have been doing that for years. I think it just kind of bleeds out across. Yeah, you know, kind, yeah. Of, kind of sport but events. I think make it vastly more entertaining and funny oh, uh, it's always better if the crowd are in yeah though it's perhaps a little bit of a problem when the crowd are expressing words that shouldn't be allowed on uh mainstream tv <laughs> I, you I can't, can't remember, control it I, I can't remember which pay-per-view it was or sp- and specifically i can't remember who the person was so i apologize but i i seen i think it was in an nxt show where they had a um or it was something in the UK anyway, where one of the wrestlers had a picture of himself on his trunks. 
and the crowd was singing, you've got the whole world on your, you know, you've got the whole world on your arse, or you've got your whole face on your arse or something. And it was it was kind of an amusing chant, but I think... That was think, at the UK tournament. I can't remember the wrestler's name, but it was the one, he, he had a long beard and really long black hair, and it's also the one where the crowd started going, hey, hey, Jesus, who? <laughs> ah, I want to know. Because at that very moment on Twitter, Triple H was like, Probably the most unique crowd chant I've ever heard. <laughs> I think the thing with I think the thing with the Americans compared to the UK shows is I think they don't like people taking over, as it were. You yeah. know that whole "this is awesome," etc., etc. Holy shit! You know that. And the holy chant is the one that I find most amusing. I find it annoying, but there we are. Um, the best bit was in um, the, the holy shit chant started in the Zack Sabre Junior Ricochet match. That was brilliant. That was. Oh yeah, and they, and they got the they got the Japanese crowd chanting holy shit. That was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounded really weird. The yeah. crowd generally just sit there and politely clap, but to get them, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 seen as really, it's seen as really really rude to like disturb someone's performance in japan isn't it yeah, yeah. it is that's why you can hear that yeah. um uh, will osprey's um swearing so loudly it was brilliant yeah I, exactly. i'm sure it was the uk show as well where um the first match they said was this match is for one fall and everybody shouted one fall the way that we do in icw and then the next match they didn't say one fall it's at the start of the match because they want to avoid people doing that. I'm sure I'm right about that. I mean, I could be wrong here and correct me if I am, but I'm sure they did. I think they said it, but they kind of they didn't leave a space. It was literally just um, this match is scheduled for one fall with a 15 minute time limit. Because <laughs> I, <think. laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen any ICW, um, Derek. I haven't. Oh. The whole thing of at the start of the match when when the when they announce the shouts and this match is scheduled for one fall takes a break and everybody in the crowd shouts back one fall and it's just a... the one. It's the reason why Simon Cassidy, who is the ring announcer for ICW, has his own range of T-shirts that say one fall. He's got he's got to make a sideline somehow. <laughs> it's such a fun thing, and I mean, it's I know it's kind of juvenile. But no, it is a nice of, thing to join in with. It's just part. Everyone does it. It's just yeah. a given. It's like a traditional thing. I think the chance <laughs> are better when they kind of when they're responding to the match. It's when the chants kind of go. They're just chanting stuff just for the hell of it. If you're, if you're trying yeah. to derail what the wrestlers are trying to do and what they're trying to put across, then yes, you're taking yeah. over the show. Like if all the kind of CM just, Punk chants are kind of start randomly yeah, those kind of things. Exactly. It's you know shush. It's you know if you're just kind of having a fun time of it, then it's fine. I don't see the harm in it. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay. I mean, um, I've got to say, I think they should stop with the CM Punk chants. It's just like, guys, he's not coming back. Get over it. I think he's not going to get any more than the AE are coming back. He's um, I, you say he's never coming back, but we'll never say never. True. At we'll some point, he'll that. need money. Do you see the thing uh, at Raw last night when um, after the show, uh, Rock tried to call CM Punk and it went to his voicemail. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch it live, but I read about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like because they're they're filming that movie about Paige and they're doing some like filming after the um, after the the Raw finished recording. And yeah, he just tries to he tries to face FaceTime him as well. I was like, oh, CM Punk. Oh God. Can you imagine if he'd answered? That would have been just mental. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, shall we sort of wrap this up now? Oh, <laughs> we, we, we've been going an hour and a half. So, are, um, are, you, are you? Is that you for life now, you guys? Actually, getting that? Who knows? 
Are you in for life now? Is that just it? Is this like firm resting fans until something shit happens? I don't know what would happen. That would be shit. And but. as long as the, I've got the network available in my house, I'll continue rest uh, yeah. watching wrestling. I think. And I'm, I... I'm still quite enjoying NXT for the most part, and um, catching up on some of the matches like Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss. I think they've worked together better than even Charlotte and Sasha, even though they've perhaps been a bit more spectacular. I think Becky and uh, Alexa have been a bit tighter in how they've worked. But yeah, I know there's there's enough. Uh, I'm certainly with like uh, Jack Gallagher coming in as well. I think through next in particular you're getting a lot more interesting stuff creeping into wrestling again so it's yeah proving a little bit more of a draw for me in terms of wwe i couldn't say uh i will watch mania as i've said i'm probably going to enjoy it i'm going to try and keep my eye on it as much as possible in terms of wrestling overall as a form of entertainment as long as promotions keep coming back to Liverpool, I can't see myself ever stopping going. Good stuff. That's what we like to hear. And I might consider going out to a wrestling event one day. Oh, you should. Uh, I can wind through the live action. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speed them up in real life. Can you do that? I just Well, you could take your remote and try. Yeah, I'll give it a go. You know, I just... <laughs> There were at um, a tidal wrestling event, I think it was. Um, they had a Lego death match where the audience were encouraged to bring pieces of Lego along and involved wrestlers being smashed through giant Lego constructions. And <laughs> well, everybody knows that standing on a piece of Lego when you've got no socks on is absolute yeah. bitch. I love that. Is that video like they, they pull out the bag of thumbtacks and said it's for the Lego br- bricks? And the whole crowd is like, I think that was a pro wrestling gorilla show. They're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh god it's not quite as bad as the um the young bucks and the gummy bears oh what? yeah yeah the gummy bears yeah was that joey ryan um i'm not sure was it joey ryan is it it's either joey ryan or it might have been candy slurray i'm not sure please tell me more about this film this is uh it's a pro wrestling gorilla match it's when um um they put out the thumbtacks and they get swapped out for a load of gummy bears but they still treat the gummy bears like thumbtacks Right. So it's a bit. It must be Joey Ryan because it's like a mixed tag match. They, um, him and his wife, or his Candice uh, yeah, LeRae. Yeah. yeah, they're married now, but I think they're definitely the because it was quite a few years ago. They kind of drop a load of uh, the gummy bears down the front of Joey Ryan's shorts and super kick him in the groin. Oh God, no! Yeah, it's like extra painful because I mean the young bucks are brilliant. I mean, have you seen the video of them super kicking a kid in the face? No. Uh, it's but like I want to. it's brilliant. Like they kind of like it's they're at some indie show. And they kind of bring out a dad and they turn into the ring, so it's like his dad and like, like the kids literally like eight years old, and they're kind of talking away and they super kick the dad out of the ring like bang. Dad's been super kicked because it's a super kick party because they're the young bucks, and the kid starts like beating up on the young bucks. He starts kicking them and stuff, and like he go uh, he gets them both down to their knees. He the kid goes away to run the ropes to kind of do another move on them. As he comes back, they, they just do like a double super kick to this kid's face. <laughs> And the kid's just like flat on his back, just dead. They just like smash him in the face with a super kick. And it's like, oh, <laughs> those dirty bastards. Like, and somewhere on earth, Jim Cornette blows a gas. Yeah, he was furious because like they solved the kid hitting them or something. So that, that was like bad. It's like, oh, Christ, Jim Cornette, Queen Jets. Yeah, but yeah just Google um, 
um, Young Buck Super Kid Kick. There'll be two views of it. And yeah, they just destroy him for the Super Kick. <laughs> but the thing is, like, if I was like at an indie show and the Super and it's like the, I had the opportunity of my son Super Kick by the Young Bucks, I, I couldn't say no. I honestly couldn't. <laughs> I like how you're just saying you'd volunteer him for that and not you. <laughs> oh, you know. It depends on the yeah, on you go. Get up there. Yeah, get, the get point is, in the head, son. As long as he, oh, as long as he got done. That's the main thing, you know. If I can get kicked as well, that's just a bonus. Fair enough. I'm sure they'll take that in mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll listen. And, and ultimately, you know, if if it goes to the courts, you can just say, "Look, it was all sports entertainment, look, my lord." Look, my lord, it was a super kick party. What are you going to do? Yeah, what can you, you know. do? Case dismissed. The the, the the warnings it gives at the start of the show are just a suggestion. Yeah, it's fine. You know. So you can't. Sorry, I, I derailed into the, the podcast by talking about stupid wrestling videos. But again, I think that's part of what kind of keeps us interested. Is like you know the the the, the wrestling accounts doing like little gifts of random wrestling stuff. Those kind of you know the 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 proliferation of YouTube videos of like random promotions that have not been heard of. It's like it's, it, whereas the WWE has got that massive marketing machine and it can you know it can push anybody out of existence if it wants to. The internet's so broad that you can find anything you want to watch and enjoy it and support a company that without kind of having to go to WWF. It's much, you know, 10 years ago, there wasn't that playing field at all, was there? There was nothing. No, no, no not at all. Not you have to go to that or anything. But now, you know, I, I could watch some New Japan matches. I can watch Shibata just completely kick the shit out of somebody. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is, is someone strangling Zippy? No, that's my dog playing one of his dog toys. Oh, okay. It's, it's a small tennis ball, a Kong ball, so... <laughs> Better than embarking. Well, I'm just going to say that right now. This is true. True, um, true. So, yeah, but the, the fact is, like, you know, you can watch Shikara, you can watch, you know, Progress, you can watch ICW. <laughs> like, there's so many options out there. I'm trying to make a point here. The dog's ruining it. <laughs> I'm, trying to end it on like a, I'm trying to end on, like, a big positive high to the podcast and the dog's ruining my point. Get to bed. Go. Don't look at me like that. I'm sorry. Come here. There we go. You want to talk to me now? I'm sorry. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Thank you. Sorry, I've ruined the podcast again. <laughs> to be fair, got the ball again. Come here. <laughs> right, we're fine. We're fine. It's okay. He hasn't got the ball anymore. Sorry, what? Wrestling's great, isn't it? Can, can I please come back on? Because honestly, this is the best hour and a half I've spent on a <laughs> call in a very long time. Oh. Take that, Derek. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, I forgot who was here. No, I didn't mean that, Derek. Don't abandon me. Right, that's it. You're out of iconochromatic now. Forget it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, as, um, have you guys enjoyed being on? Very yes, much so. <laughs> grand, grand. Um, do you want to plug iconochromatic while you're here? I don't know if, if, how the, the <laughs> millions of listeners... being plugged on this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, see if we can get both of your listeners to listen to us as well. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> yeah, please do listen to Iconochromatic. Iconochromatic, because me and Dave are wonderful. And also, please listen to Sunday Afternoon Cinema with me, because I'm awesome. So if you want to hear uh, poorly expressed opinions about films, then that's the place to go. <laughs> I, I, I get my points across very well, I thought I... I had a particularly hilarious rant this set this evening for ten minutes about a film that hilarious I thought was clever. to yourself, maybe. <laughs> I heard you laughing. <laughs> well, um, we're doing my own stuff, aren't I? <laughs> we shall 
leave it there before they have an argument and fall out completely. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just, um, just destroy the podcast from within. Job done. Exactly. There you go. Job done. We, we win. Ding, ding. Yeah. Um, You're fired. <laughs> me and Phil will hopefully be back soon. We're going to have to organise this Rumble 92 show mate, at some point in the yeah. near future. Uh, so like, um, for like about a week it was topical, but that's not anymore, is it? <laughs> no, it's not anymore, no. We, we, we were like going to go, we'll do a Royal Rumble when the Royal Rumble's on. Yeah. So it'll be like a and double Royal Rumble, and then it never happened. Never happened. And, and we ruined it for you by we just not actually it, no. talking about the Rumble at all. That's no, cool. well, we did a bit. It's fine. The point of this podcast, we were going to talk about the Royal Rumble. It was... It was a, a destination on the map, wasn't it? A stop off point on the map of the podcast. It wasn't, yeah. We yeah. Were, you know, just to I figured to... I had to mention it at some point, really. That was the original ethos of the we did, podcast. We did mention the Royal Rumble. We have, there you go. I mentioned it again. There we go. Tick. Move on. <laughs> so, AJ Styles losing. That sucked. Uh, AJ Styles. Boring. Oh, right. No. AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world right now. I knew I could get this going again. He's easily, as it stands, like the work he's done with the people he's working with, he can't argue with his with his work. And that hair and that hair, you can't teach that. Boring. And have you not heard his Ric Flair impression? It does a really good Ric Flair impression as well. Is the nature hoot here? The nature hoot is here, brother. I love hey, these cast how you, of characters. How you doing, Nature Hood? Oh, the Nature Hood is partying <laughs> with the podcast brothers tonight, <laughs> and I'm having a great time. Nature Hood, do you think Chris Jericho has ever wrestled Harley Race? Uh, Chris, you ever wrestled Harley Race? <laughs> no, sir, I have not. Uh, oh, Nature Hood, man, he's the best. I don't care, he's boring. Oh, you're sacked. <laughs> you're not even right. No, you're hired, Derek. You're hired. Excellent. Derek, oh, you're sacked. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Point is, right, AJ, would have preferred if they kept him with the club. That would have been better to kind of keep that relationship going. Like when they were the um, the doctors and he kind of walked in and introduced himself, that was cracking. They were like, doctor, phenomenal. Doctor, phenomenal. That was good. <laughs> but obviously that got lost in the... Uh, uh, the uh, brand split but you know he's the matches he's had with John Cena have been absolutely stunning any chance to just talk about the uh, brand split I just uh, oh, for God's mentioned sake. it with uh, Cameron recently I believe that was it a bit of a mistake to split up the women because there's um, much opportunity for such a sort of small about amount of women on each uh, brand to be really having much conflict there i think if i remember rightly one of the original plans was they were going to have the cruiserweight division on raw which has happened and they were trying to put the women on smackdown um i'm not i mean you could say that the sasha banks and charlotte thing is headline draw quite nicely and if the women were on one show you wouldn't have really got alexa bliss and becky lynch as a result yeah maybe um I don't know. I, I, it depends on, you know, who they've got coming up. Um, I think once they get, they need probably a couple more. Um, as we touched on at the top of the show, the Nia Jax kind of is finally coming into her own as what she should be. She should be this kind of monster heel. And I think you know it's the female Braun Strowman. 
Well, yeah, pretty much. Or brown there's, strongman, sorry. There's a scary thought. Um, uh, I'd be interested to see who they call up and where they go. Because uh, I think there'll probably be another brand extension after WrestleMania. Like another um, um, rejig, another um, draft. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah they'll do, they'll, do it, they'll do another draft after WrestleMania. And when was it? It was July last year, was it, I want to say? Yeah, you had, you had WrestleMania and there was a couple of pay-per-views shared and then about July, because Backlash was the first SmackDown only one, wasn't it? Well, I'll well, say yeah. Two people in NXT. Sorry? And then we'll be left with about two people in NXT. Yeah, it'll be... Um, Bobby Roode just fighting just Ty Dillinger for the rest of his life. That's, That's fine because we can have the greatest interest music of all time playing continually. It'll be grand. And you're probably going to stick it on the end of this paper, uh, this uh, podcast now, aren't you? Um, uh, this podcast that dare I say has been glorious. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> That's like I need to like. There's things you can do to, like with like um, rapid pies and stuff to kind of set up like things when you walk into room. It was like a thing. So when you walked into room, it will play the um, the sting from Seinfeld. <laughs> you know, whatever that is um, so you'd have that but with Glorious playing instead how much are raspberry pies these days I was thinking of buying one you can get a pie zero for five pounds yeah yeah. Um, I've never looked into the program and the coding though of how to get it to work well I, I spent about 20 quid getting a pie zero a US, extra USB port and a case for it and I've got like basically a little um, portable retro console that I play most Eight, 16-bit games continually, sir. Uh, with uh, emulation and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, uh, it was really easy. Really easy. But that's not about wrestling, so shut up. It's Point not, is, we stop talking about it. Um, uh, I want Glorious just to play continually about my life whenever I do anything. Kind of like this. Glorious! Go on, play the rest. No, I don't need the rest. You know all that. <laughs> anyway. Yes, I think we're done now. I think we're done. <laughs> it's rapidly descending into music, as it usually does. As it normally does. That um, or, well, no, normally it sends into kind of racism from Alan, but he's not here, so. No, he's not here. He, he, was, he was really annoyed, by the way, we hadn't invited him. Oh, I'll boo I told him. About, I told him about this tonight, and I was, you know, at work today, he kind of went, what, you're doing a, you're doing a podcast? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, thanks for inviting us, late Cameron. I was like, going, oh, yeah, because it was going to be, well, Phil's only got two nights of the month where he can do, and it's not the same nights I can do, and I've got a pub quiz to run. <laughs> and that's the usual excuses he gives. And so I was like, well, it's a tag team one anyway, and there's two of us and two of them, and it works better yeah. that way. He's not going to give us Paul Ethering, so he can't be the manager, can he? No, he can't be the manager. No, he can't be. I wouldn't have him. No. Well, technically, he is. Some days he's my manager. You can but, give him um, but... Rocco so you can like talk through Rocco. Yeah, he can do, and we can lose him in a skip. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be great. That sounds like a solid plan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, glorious plan. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Glorious. <laughs> well, that was fun. That was yeah. cracking. That was all we did. Although the best on your brain was, was was when he was commentating and talking about bears. Right. Have you not heard that? No. Oh, it's hysterical. And he's like, um, uh, Stuart Hart said, if you can't do it to a bear, you shouldn't do it in the ring. 